Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectivate and I'm joined for this Boxing Day edition of the podcast once more by The Voice of Value. How's it going, Paul? Not too bad at all. Getting into the Christmas mood at the moment, so quite excited. Yeah, and I'd imagine that being on the Isle of Man, you're able to get away for a few jars before the big man, the red suit, comes. Yeah, I'm not, not rubbing it in too much, but um, aye, the festive spirit is alive and well over here. You're Spirits going to, here, actually. <laughs> you're going to have to have a beer for me because there's no sign of anyone over here getting out uh, for much yeah. of a drink this year, well, unfortunately. I'm, I'm feeling for everyone, and obviously my family are all there as well, so it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crap. I think yeah. everyone just needs to... Accept it for another few months, get the feet up, watch the racing on Boxing Day. Try exactly, and yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got that to look forward to. And we are just talking before we started recording here about how Boxing Day is usually, traditionally, one of the best days racing uh, in the UK calendar. But this year, we're severely limited in terms of the number of meetings that are on yeah, on Saturday. Significantly reduced. They still have the big racing on the, on the ITV. Um, mm. and, and they've got, obviously, the King George and what have you. But I think, and it's just a guess, but I think it's sort of... Just because of the lack of crowds, it won't be financially viable for a lot yeah. of tracks. Um, so, and I wonder whether they maybe get reduced um, TV rights money because there's so many race, so many races on. They may not even be able to cover them all. So it's like maybe they've just thought it's not financially worthwhile. Because I think traditionally a, a lot of countryside folk would go racing on mm-hmm. boxing, yeah. um, go out and spend their cash. But yes, obviously that's not possible this year. But there's still some good-looking races, as you say. You've got the King George on Saturday, which we're going to have a look at. We've got the Welsh Grand National on Sunday, which we've also got lined up. Um, and there's racing live on ITV. In fact, there's three tips from Saturday. They're all live on ITV from Kempton and Weatherby. So we might as well get started. Uh, the 150 at Kempton is our first protocol. Uh, and we are looking at if the cap fits in this one. And it was second of three at San. Was it Sandown last time out? Yes. Uh, at a very short price, but um, you're hoping it bounces back. Yeah, that, that's that's part of the thinking. Um, we're getting we're getting a slightly bigger price this time, I think, because um, it wasn't fantastic last time out. Um, but still, the highest rated horse in this in this race. It was a it was a classy hurdler if the cap fits. Um, so yeah, and so I'm sort of given a giving him a pass on his performance last time still getting used to um, the idea of chasing um, and that, that race wouldn't have been like his sort of main target um, so yeah, I've given him a pass he, he won um, he won in an office chase uh, for last before that in October, his first race of the season and, uh, and did quite well in that um, beating Fiddle on the Roof who, who's a decent horse um, and he was outside of the three that day as well so um, yeah, we just one of those ones that, when, although he's an eight-year-old, so he's a bit older than, than other novices, still learning the game when it comes to chasing. Um, and was a class, as I say, a class act in his, in his sort of pomp over hurdles. So I'm thinking he can outrun odds. I think we're getting nine to two. There's a few in here that, that he would beat, you know, you would imagine anyway, um, with his eyes closed. So, um, yeah, I'm giving him, a, giving him another chance. Shan Blue is probably alternative choice um, he's a bit short as, as a favourite um, and Big big Breakaway is another um, another threat um, but yeah for me it's just it really came down to those three couldn't see others getting into off level weights I think they'll there's, there's others there that will make any decent handicap chasers in time um, 
But yeah, if the cat fits was the, the sort of value choice out of three, to be truthful, it's not a race I'll be going absolutely mad on. Um, so it's a small, small win bet. Um, but I just thought yeah, nine to two was a bit of a, a bit of a big price. Yeah, ninety two Paddy Power. I also see Paddy Power are paying three places in this. Um, oh, right. There's only seven runs, so I know you like a wee snidey yeah, <laughs> each way bet from time to time. That's so. an account closer if ever I've seen one, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> uh, okay, so if the gap fits at the one fifty in Kempton, and uh, yeah, we're saying it's a win bet on this one at ninety two. Yeah, that's it. Okay, next up we're off to Weatherby and this looks like a, a very competitive race in fact um, and you're siding with an old podcast favourite that you're fond of um, um, yeah. which it won a very handy 20 to 1 a couple of weeks ago for you It did, and we're, unfortunately we're not getting the, we're not getting the 20 to 1 this time but um, he's proven now what, I, what I'd thought about him all along he was a, a, pretty, a pretty good quality um, chaser and he was underrated so um, Bobby is the uh, the name of the horse, um, and so anyone who who'd followed us, it, it was actually the, the week, of course, as fate would have it, where we didn't do the podcast, so yeah. it would only be those who, who were looking at the tips on the, on the website, but uh, yeah, won nicely. Um, they've put them up £7 for that, which is a fairly sizable increase, um, but it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not unmanageable. Um, I don't think he's, he's going to suddenly increase... Uh, you know, in terms of his ability again, but I think that's very much within his uh, within his range. He's been rated um, up at one three six in the past, so um, you know it's it's not a, it's not a crazy it's not a crazy sort of rating to give him. Um, and I think the the step up to three miles is the interesting part. Um, so this is this will obviously be a, a bigger test of stamina. He's been running over sort of two and a half miles uh, up until now. Um, but I think he'll benefit from a step up. I don't, I don't see it as being a, a particular problem for him, and it could it could bring out bring about slight improvement. It is a race that um, I thought there was quite a few that had the chances in. Um, York Hill was listed to race uh, in this one, but uh, was pulled out at the sort of last uh, declaration stage. Um, he was one that I, that I had my eye on. Um, a horse called Snow Leopardess is in it as well. Um, sort of second favourite. Um, the price has gone on, on her now. She's she's one that I, I, I like. I've tipped her up in the past. I think it was last year. Um, I was trying to remember exactly when that was. But um, she had, she's a decent horse as well. But she's now sort of five to one. It's a bit skinny because it's quite a competitive race. So Bobby is the uh, choice for me, and he's he's a nice each way backable price. Um, but eight to one. Yep, and I don't think I'll ever tire of hearing you saying that you like Bobby. No, I, I do like to play up to that. <laughs> okay, uh, last, but by certainly by no means least at three o'clock on Saturday at Kempton, it's the King George. It's an absolute cracker. Uh, Paul Nichols has got four horses in the race, uh, and Clan de Zobo is looking the most likely to oblige here, looking for a third one in a row. Yeah, I mean it's 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 sort of it could be historical stuff if if he can manage to do it. And as you say, I think Nichols um, has got something of a stranglehold in the race. He always likes to target um, target his best chasers, best female chasers at it. Um, and it's no it's no different this year. Um, Frodon's in there as well for the for the fraud squad. Shout out to the fraud squad. <laughs> a big much a big a big ask um, on this occasion. I think. Um, He's, he's probably just slightly below this standard, but um, I dare say, you know, those who've backed him in the past, um, they're, they're really let down by him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you're getting, I think there was 33 to 1 in a place that I saw earlier on. So if you wanted to back 
throwed on, I wouldn't put you off. Um, I never would with any 33 to 1 shot, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of strength and depth. Um, the one sort of the sad point is that um, the Irish horses have been stopped from coming over because of the um, the sort of the travel restrictions of the virus, yeah. etc. So, that's a, that's a bit of a loss to the race. Um, there would probably been one or two decent quality Irish ones. I think Mona Lee was looking like um, he'd be coming across and maybe one or two others. So, it leaves it open to the English contingent to uh, try and uh, hold on to it. And uh, as you said earlier, it is Nichols. Um, it's such a difficult race because you can make a case for so many of them. Yeah. You have to just step back and look at it sort of um, on, a, on a sort of cold, non-emotional level. And, and Clander's Oboe, to me, is targeted at this race, has been for the last couple of years. It's perfect form, loves it around Kempton. Jumps well, gets in a rhythm um, and just puts the rest of them to the sword. And I think he'll do the same again. I think, although surname um, is rated higher and as a class act, he was poor in this last year and, and it's hard to get away from that. Um, and he was backed into sort of a fairly short favourite uh, last year. But uh, Clanders will absolutely destroy them. The question marks at that point in time about whether um, whether surname stays the three miles and was more of a sort of two and a half mile horse and most form to that point it suggested that was the case. But to be fair to surname, he came out um, and won the Charlie Hall chase really nicely um, in October over three miles uh, in soft ground. So that was a stamina test and he sort of he sort of now ticks that box in terms of stamina, but I'm just not sure whether the test at Kempton is exactly what he wants. And that race, the Charlie Hall was a good race, but a few of them fell away, a few of the sort of fancied ones. Um, so it was difficult to tell how good the form is. I much prefer the form of Clandes Oboe around Kempton in the King George. He's got two already. He's only an eight-year-old, so he's not getting past it. Um, and I think the 15-8 about him is cracking value. So that's the uh, that's the way I'm I'm going for. Yeah, there's actually a bit of 21. It'll be interesting to see how the betting goes before this race because the, at the moment the bookies can't separate the two of them. Um, some name is a wee bit 94 available, but best price clan is almost 2 to 1. Uh, the lab ropes bet Fred and yeah. bet Victor. It will be really interesting. I mean, like I sort of touched on there, they, they, they hammered in surname last year. I'm pretty sure um, you get much bigger prices about surname um, sort of a couple of days beforehand. They ended up um, going off pretty short favourite, and Clanders Obo drifted all the way out to eleven to two, which is and obviously in hindsight a crappy when when he's absolutely hosed up. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the sort of the people that believe that the trainer always knows, you know, which is the best horse, etc. They'll they'll tell you, you know, um, whichever the the money comes for is far more likely to win. But as yeah. like as as this race last year shows you, that's not always true. Um, the, the, you know, the trainer might have a fancy, but ultimately these horses are all such high quality. Um, it's there's you know there's very small margins of a difference in it can make yeah. a huge difference on the track. You know, whatever sort of mood the horse gets out of bed on, or if he's um, enjoyed his tea the night before, whatever. <laughs> so uh, for me, everything points to Clandis Obo, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, it's, again, it's not a race I'll be I'll be lumping the mortgage on. There was one year, um, not that I put the mortgage on it, but there was one year that Selvaniaco Conte was running it and I just thought, could not get beat. Um, and it, it did oblige, thankfully, because I told the father-in-law and he'd stuck a few quid on it as well. But, <laughs> that's that's worse than putting the mortgage on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very dangerous game. Um, but I don't feel that confident this year. I, you know, I can see a scenario where Surname has maybe just been off-colour last mm-hmm. year as, as the class act and, and, and does manage to beat Clan. Uh, likewise, Santini's a horse that I've got a lot of time for. Really nice staying chaser. 
Um, so there's loads in there with chances, um, but uh, for me, the price is, um, is clan all the way. Um, OK, on to Sunday, and of course the showpiece race at the weekend is the Welsh Grand National, and we couldn't let that pass without some kind of mention. Now, there's only been three winners at 10 to 1 or above since 2000. Did you know that? That's a great start. No, I didn't know that. I, t- I tend not to worry too much about historical price data like that. You know, it's, it's, it's actually a fairly small sample size, and it, the horse doesn't know their price as a famous, obviously, old boy in the pub racing coat, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true as well. Um, so I don't, but that is, that's amazing because it's a, on paper, it's always a, you know, a really competitive race and um, so much can go wrong over sort of nearly four miles in heavy ground and plenty of fences to jump. So that, that's amazing. Right? So it's, it's it's one that perhaps it pays to have a look at the top of the market, which is exactly what I've not done. <laughs> <laughs> I just set you up nicely there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah, yours is not 10 to 1 or below. Um, it's, I think it's about around about 16 to 1 mark at the moment. Yeah, horses, um, Lord de Menil, um there's an S in there, but I believe it's a silent S in France. But I was going to say that that S has disappeared since the last time you tipped it. <laughs> Did I? I'm mean, probably just listening to Richard Doyle's or one of the other commentators that do actually know what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lord de Manil is a, a it's a horse that, as you say, I've tipped it a few times in the past, and to some success actually. I think we've got we've got a win or two um, to our name with him. He um, it's just a sort of classic staying chaser um, gets in a rhythm and, and can stay all day um, and has no problem with heavy or soft ground it's, it's almost certainly going to be um, an absolute bog at Chepstow on the 27th it usually is and um, if the rain here is anything to go by just now then it'll be it'll be pretty messy so you need the horse that stays and that likes the soft ground and we can tick both those boxes um, with this guy um, recent form and would maybe sort of raise an eyebrow slightly. Um, lost a hurdles race in his first um, his first run of the season at Kelso in November, um, but it was probably too short a trip. Um, hurdles aren't his thing. It was his first race of the season, um, and although he was sent off even money favourite, I'm sure a few people lost a few. Hmm. I mean, I wasn't backing him at that price um, under those conditions. It just didn't uh, it didn't make sense. It was good to soft that day as well, so it wasn't his favour sort of soft ground. So uh, that, that one, I forgive him completely. And then last time out, he ran in the Grand Sefton at Aintree over the, the Grand National fences. So that's a very different test as well. Um, and again, not three miles. It's, <clears throat> it's about two, just over two and a half miles that race. So I don't think that would be perfectly suited for him either. So I, I give him a wee bit of a pass on that. He's been dropped two pounds in the handicap for that one. In fact, he's been dropped three pounds uh, since the, the last sort of run that I would give him, uh, that I would have expected him to be sort of running at his best and what he, what he did pretty well, which was in the, the four-miler at Cheltenham um, and the, the amateur riders race, um, the, the one they call the National Hunt race. Um, and... He ran pretty well in that, finished second. Um, just outstayed by Ravenhill, who's a pretty classy horse from Gordon Elliott's yard. And I don't think there's anything like that in, the, in this race today. It was, I say today, but uh, on the 27th. Um, so, yeah, I just would have Lord Dominion a much shorter price than he is. Um, I think the main reason we're getting 16-1 to 1 is because there's a fairly short price favourite. It was Secret Reprieve from the Evan Williams yard. Just looked pretty decent so far. Six-year-old. Um, Still very early in his chasing career, he's only five chase starts. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, it's far too short a price for me, 130-72, um, and, and I think you, you probably want one with a bit more experience in this. Um, and he's not had he's not had anything like that. He's not really had the big chase experience. He also fell two starts ago, so that would be a concern for me. So I would not be backing him uh, with stolen money, 130 anyway. So I think that opens the race up. There's others in there that um, are going to make it quite interesting Christmas in April and Ramsey's the Tays an old friend as well who is, as they say stays longer than a mother-in-law so he, you know, he's one to keep an idea uh, keep an eye out for um, Vier Leon Rouge who won the uh, was it the Topham or the Beecher uh, last time out it was the Beecher wasn't it um, a entry really impressive um, I was kicking myself that he'd won that I thought he was past his best so um, you know wouldn't put anyone off him at 20 to 1 as well so there's plenty of um Plenty of different op- options, but I'd be looking for one at a big price, and the one I've come down on, uh, as I say, is Lord Domineo, uh, 16 to 1. And how much of... Before we go on, yes. a really important point to note here that I've underlined in my notes, that these are anti-post prices, um, so we're recording this on Wednesday the 23rd, um, and all the, uh, the sort of day of race prices are out for Boxing Day, because that's kind of the next uh, the next day of racing, because there's no racing um, 24th, 25th. So you're, 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 if your horse doesn't run in Boxing Day and you've backed it, now you get your money back. But in, on this race, they've not priced up those races as sort of day of race. There's still another set of declarations, I think, which are tomorrow. So be aware of that. If you want to take the 16 to 1 now and it ends up being a non-runner, you won't get your money back. So be very careful. Um, it may be worth waiting a couple of days until they actually price the race up properly. You might lose a bit of value. It might be 12s or 14s. But it's maybe worth doing that just so you actually get a run for your money or get your cash back. Guaranteed your bet. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Good, good advice there. Okay, we'll look forward to that on Sunday with a bit of uh, turkey sandwiches, no doubt. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. Uh, can you just give us a wee recap then of your four tips for the weekend? I can indeed. So on Boxing Day, the 150 at Kempton, if the cap fits, uh, 92 with Paddy Power. The 205 at Weatherby. We're going for Bo Bay, who's widely available, 8-1, to one, uh, William Hill, for example. Then in the 3 o'clock, the King George, I'm going for a win bet on Clandes Obo at 15-8. That's, again, that's widely available. And then on the 27th, uh, an anti-post bet on Lord Domineil in the 250 at Chepslow, which is the Welsh Grand National, and you're getting 16-1 to one with Paddy Power and Bet fair on that and they're paying five places but I wouldn't put you off waiting and I'll also be putting up a column on Mr Fixit tips um, with more selections for the 27th for some decent stuff at Leperstown so once there's prices up for that I'll have some more tips and probably the same for the 28th um, as well Good stuff, we'll look forward to that um, So that's us for this Boxing Day edition of the Decent Podcast If you want more tips from Paul, as he said you should check out the MrFixit'sTips.co.uk website and you should also follow Paul on Twitter His handle there is at the voice of value. So it just remains for me to thank you for listening on behalf of uh, for both of us We wish you a very Merry Christmas and Paul, best of luck with your bets on Boxing Day Perfect, good luck to everyone <laughs>